Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The second pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback, BYU. Jets fans, our savior has returned. Zach Wilson led the team to a monster win against the very, very talented Houston Texans by a score of 21 to 14. Uh, I can't even pretend like that was a pretty, it wasn't a great game for Zach. He was pretty mid, I'll be honest, but you know, he still looks hurt. So let's give him a pass. Jets got the W, you know, we got Seattle lost, so we got pick four and pick five right now. Actually, Seattle's pick is even worse than ours, so shout out Blitz Boy. You know, shout out the Prez. Big love up to him up in Seattle. But I'm joined, as always, by my guys. Dylan, I never start with you first, so I want to know, Dylan, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Meigs. Way to change it up this week. You know, we had a win back in the win column, and we didn't get to put on the little graphic of the teams that went winless in uh, November. So I think that's always a success, even though uh, Wilson didn't necessarily play his best game, but we came away with a win, and JFM had a monster game, so I'm a happy man. Yeah, no, JFM finally looked like he was worth that contract that he signed those weeks ago. James, I'll go to you. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the best game for the Zach Wilson Hive, but, uh, you know, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm happy to be here doing good. And uh, I'm really excited for the prospects that we're presenting today because these are some really good players. I like to hear it. Like to hear it, Joe. I don't know. Is this gonna be the first episode you're gonna start taking a mini victory lap on Zach Wilson, or where, where's the head at? No, listen. I am still gonna remain patient, even though obviously I wasn't high on him pre-draft. But that's listen. It's gonna take some time. I fully acknowledge that. Has he pretty much played exactly how I thought he would up to this point? Yes, but I still acknowledge that better days could be ahead. So again, I'm going to remain patient, but I do want to mention that in the biggest spot of the year, in the biggest game of his career, Aiden Hutchinson absolutely demolished people this past weekend. I just wanted to tip my hat to him once again. That's my guy. Yeah. uh, Actually being the Houston Texans, I think that put us out of Aiden Hutchinson range, unfortunately, but a lot of season left. So we'll see how it shakes out. Now uh, our assignment this week was to pick what we all thought was the worst position group on the jets and bring two prospects to the table that we hope are. So we hope that we're not talking about this position group again, this time next year. And yes, this quarterback class is so bad that Joe couldn't even think of a quarterback to bring up. So we're good. 
But uh, I'm going to start with me. A lot of people talk about how bad the Jets' tight ends are. And they're really, 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 really bad. Like, Ryan Griffin is playing, like, actual snaps in 2021. And it's just not great. Like, the best play Zach Wilson made this weekend, uh, Ryan Griffin dropped, which, you know, was sad to see. And I do like that LaFleur has become, like, 11 personnel. Really seems to be the base personnel for the Jets. And I hope they do keep that. But we do have to remember that, he comes from San Francisco. That's a team that loves doing a lot of 12 personnel. So this is definitely a team that needs to get uh, better at the tight end position. So I got two guys to bring to the table today. And the first guy I'm going to start with is um, I'm sure everyone's been watching Colorado State this year, you know, out on the West Coast. I know they're a big, big watch for all. But they got a tight end named Trey McBride who is worthy of your attention. He's gone over 1,000 yards this year. He's got great hands. Big tight end size, really big guy. I want to say he looks like he's like 6'5 to me. He could be a little shorter, but he looks like the real 6'5, 240. Dude just catches everything. He's the best, literally one of the best players I think I've watched like all season. And that dude has just been dominant. I mean, he's going to the senior bowl, so I really want to see him playing against like better competition because when he's running away from guys, some like, is this guy is a really good athlete or is this guy just running away from Toledo, which I think begs the question, but I think he's a really, really good player. And Joe, I know you watched him as well. So let me hear it. Yeah. The funny thing about Trey McBride is last season, I randomly just started watching him. I told the guys about him in the Slack because they were talking about a Trey Mick. And I'm like, you guys talking about Trey McBride? And they're like, no, Trey McNitty. I'm like, oh, and I think Trey McNitty actually got drafted by the Chargers. I'm not mistaken. They're like, who's Trey McBride? I'm like, oh, this is guy from Colorado State who I guess you really don't have to concern yourself with right now. Well, you know what? Meigs, Trey McBride has officially arrived, and it's definitely time to concern yourself with him. And I'm definitely a fan. He's the captain of his team and the focal point of that Colorado State offense. Like you said, 91 catches for over 1,000 yards this season. Pretty ridiculous. Trey McBride could actually be my tight end one when I'm all set evaluating the tight ends. Then this is a real thing. Like, he is that good. And the dude is just perfect for this offense in every way. He can block, catch, has some yak ability. And plays mostly in line, which is exactly what you want from a tight end in this system. Listen, tight end is a hard transition to the NFL with these prospects having to learn to be both pass catchers and blockers. And many are coming from spread systems. But this kid in particular could potentially hit the ground running, having familiarity with a lot of the concepts the Jets run, including that split zone play action fake design for the tight end, which is one of my favorites. And that lead concept that is a staple of the Shanahan and now LeFleur system and I know Meigs, you loves you some leak, so I'm sure you would love, love, that. love, to, love to see Wiley. We'll love so to see yeah, Wiley. as far as this particular guy goes, I'm gonna channel my inner Dylan. I'm gonna say that I love, love, love Trey McBride. He is again everything you're looking for from a tight end prospect in an outside zone boot style offense. That's for sure. Yeah, McBride's super well rounded. That was really my biggest takeaway from him is that he's not just a receiver, and I really think his blocking shows up on tape, and he's got the ideal size for it that you can really see a lot of growth there, especially once he gets into the league. The other guy I want to talk about is probably a bigger name. I think a lot of more people have watched Texas A&M this year with Jalen. I think it's Watermeyer. I if you got to correct me on this pronunciation, guys, I, I'm sorry about that. But uh, my biggest takeaway from watching uh, Watermeyer is that his quarterback is terrible. And it's just so frustrating to watch because as someone who's been watching college football a long time back in for this is a little bit of an old school comp, Joe, I'm going to need you to help me out here because there's no way James or Dylan 
well and know who this player is. He reminded me a lot of Jermaine Gresham at uh, Oklahoma, just that big, great, great athlete. Actually, he's a willing blocker. His technique isn't great. He's a lot more just trying to throw that body around. And, you know, sometimes he can get pushed back if his hands aren't in the right place. But he's just a guy I can really, really see being a, just a weapon for Zach Wilson. And Zach Wilson, I know this is something that's always going to be brought up. Like, it'd be much better with him throwing in the middle of the field with guys who can really succeed over the middle of the field. And I think Watermeyer would be perfect for that. And James, I know you watched him. Do you agree with me? Yeah, I think another comp I would throw out is Jared Cook. I heard it over the summer, I think, from Jordan Reed, uh, who's now with ESPN. And it's something I really see because they're both big, but they both kind of lack twitch as ball carriers. And so I did see a similarity in that regard. But I think your uh, your synopsis was spot on, me because I think you know he's a pretty solid player. All right, Joe, I'm going to go to you. That you, This is a position that might be a little more hotly debated because I think a lot of Jets fans – think that this position, while isn't fully set, isn't one of the bigger needs, but I'll let you take it away. All right, I'm doing two guys, but I'm going to start out with Roger McCreary from Auburn. Roger is a six-foot, 190-pound quarterback from Auburn who's, listen, he's come a long way from being a three-star recruit. He's also a returning senior and someone who I think made himself some money with the decision to return to school. His stock has definitely risen from last year, and for good reason. He's a smart, scheme-versatile player who's pretty much a fit for every system. Now, he does excel in press man coverage. Auburn puts him on an island routinely, and I think he should probably play for a team that deploys a good amount of man coverage, but he could certainly function at a high level in this Jets defense as well, which is, as you all know, rooted in a cover three scheme. Salah is a little more diverse than most whose foundation is based in cover three, so I have no issue really when it comes to scheme fit for McCreary, and I fully trust him playing off coverage and zone regardless. Overall, McCreary is just a super sticky player with fluid hips who has gone up against some of the best receivers in college football, including potential first-round pick Jahan Dotson, who I thought he matched up really well against. Now, Dotson did have a decent outing against Auburn, but when lined up against McCreary, he pretty much locked him down the entire game. He did a fantastic job mirroring him off the line of scrimmage and seamlessly got hip-to-hip with him down the field on the vertical routes. Now, McCreary had you know, maybe one bad rep where he was playing a little too soft and off coverage and Dotson made a play, but again, he was more than solid in that matchup. Now, some people, maybe James, um, might want to criticize him for the way he performed against Alabama last week, which is a game that went into overtime and one that Auburn should have won in regulation. I mean, let's be real. But I thought he played better than some folks are giving him credit for. He went up against a literal firing squad being targeted 18 times, including overtime. But again, he took care of business for the most part. He handled Jamison Williams prior to his ejection. And yes, John Mechie got the better of him here and there, including the game-winning two-point conversion where McCreary bit on an inside move. But I think that was uncharacteristic of what I saw from McCreary as a whole. And in that game, he performed well against an NFL-caliber quarterback and NFL-caliber wide receivers. Although, listen, I would have liked to see him show up big in that final moment as evaluators We look at situational football and we want to see how these guys perform in big spots. And that wasn't really a good look for McCreary. Still, listen, he's a very solid player. And that kind of brings me back to something I read that really stuck out and sums up McCreary nicely. Mel Kuyper wrote, McCreary was a very safe prospect. And I like that because that's exactly how I see him. A reliable player who has a very high floor, maybe not so much of a high ceiling, but someone you draft feeling very comfortable that he could come in, contribute, 
and be one of your two outside cornerbacks, a plug and play starter. In other words, will he ever be a CB1? Not likely. I'd say more of a high floor CB2. And I'm fine with that. I, I think a pairing of him and Bryce Hall is something I can really get behind. And if he's available in the second round, I think he's someone I'd strongly consider. But I do think he could go earlier than that, kind of how Eric Stokes did last year, someone James and I were both high on. Again, I don't think there is really any boom slash bust potential with this prospect. I think he's someone you draft and fully trust that he'll play a long time for your team and make your secondary better. James, I know you were pushing Joe to even watch McCreary because I know you had some thoughts on him. So let me hear him. Yeah, I mean, I think, Joe, I agree with what you said. I think it's also going to be really interesting to see him at the Senior Bowl because this year's Senior Bowl is pretty stacked and headlining the wide receiver class is Jahan Dotson, who we've already discussed as a top prospect. And so I think that's going to be must watch. And you know, DBs are normally at a disadvantage in one-on-ones. So I think McCreary is going to have a massive opportunity if he can have some good reps against Dotson. So I agree with Joe. I think um, he could be a pre-draft riser in this process. The great thing about McCreary is that he's already pretty much shown that he could match up against Dotson. I think that Dylan is pretty familiar with that. Like I said, he had a decent game, but McCreary, man, he, he played real well in that game. That's the game I watched and I was like, you know what? This guy is legit cornerback in the NFL, definitely an NFL caliber player, somebody who should really deserve a lot of attention from the uh, scouting community. Yeah, no, Joe, I definitely agree. Um, I know there's another corner that you watch that I think a lot of people have been putting with the Jets due to his size and length profile. So why don't you tell me about that corner down in Starkville? Yeah, Meeks, Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Martin Emerson is what I would call a scheme-specific prospect. He's a perfect cover three corner, which bodes well for the Jets and a player meant to play in a heavy, heavy zone defense. I want to stress the word heavy because his man cover skills are not his strong suit. But listen, Emerson also has a lot of good to his game. He's a passionate player, a willing and able tackler, and he brings an energy to the field that I like. He's really at his best when playing off coverage and staying on top of a wide receiver. He is a big asset in that 3-3-5 defense that Zach Arnett runs in Mississippi and does a good job in those situations covering deep vertical zones and say cover three or cover four still. And I know you might not want to hear this me because I know you like him. There are a lot of flaws to his game that give me reservations, particularly his long speed and recovery ability. And again, he's just a bad press cover corner at this point, mostly because he's in a zone heavy system where he doesn't get a lot of reps in man, but also because of subpar technique, his hands and feet are a work in progress to put it mildly. And if you get around him, say hello to the end zone, because that's probably where you're going. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> but you know what? I think the Alabama game is, is noteworthy because he got worked in that contest or violated, as James likes to say, mostly because he doesn't trust his long speed either and is very susceptible to comeback routes versus speedy receivers that he plays way too soft because of fear they're going to run by him. Mechie burned him in that exact scenario and took it to the house and his lack of long speed and recovery ability was on full display there. I know it's starting to sound like I'm not a big fan of Martin Emerson, but that's not completely true. And I was hoping Meigs and I would be able to hop in a rowboat on a lovely pond and whisper sweet nothings into each other's ears about this prospect because I know how much Meigs is into him. And I'm sure there will be a player that we could do that with. Maybe that was Trey McBride Meigs. I don't know. But I just couldn't get there with Martin. Sorry, Mike. Um, but there are many moments when watching him where I'm like, wow, this is a cornerback with massive potential who could be a really good fit in this defense. However, 
if I'm being completely honest with myself right now, I've seen him mocked as early as the first round in some places. And if Martin Emerson was a stock, I would be shorting the crap out of him, like for real. When he runs a 4-6-40 at the combine, I think teams are going to start to sour on him for sure. So maybe he could be a good value in, say, the third to fourth round range where I think he'll ultimately go. And I'd be more than cool with taking him around there and seeing if the Jets can get the most out of him. Because, again, he is the prototypical long, tall, cover three corner that could potentially thrive in this system. Yeah, Joe, um, I'm just going to say this off the bat. I don't have Martin Emerson in the first round. I'll just put that out there. So we're good on that. I completely agree. I think what intrigues the most, again, he said is his length, his size, his traits. I think one of the, I think you illustrated this perfectly about why the stats a little misleading because PFF has charted him with not allowing a single catch over 25 yards in the air. And I think that's because he let, he lets up those comeback routes where they run 30 yards after the fact, but I really do think he's this type of scheme fit that you want to see for this defense. And I think, when you look at how they've developed Bryce Hall about a guy at Virginia who really his long speed was a question. I think when you look at Emerson who has a similar profile that the Jets could have success with a player like this. So that's why I like the idea of Martin Emerson on the Jets more than I like the idea of Martin Emerson, the draft prospect. That's why I'm a little higher, why he excites me. But I do think your reservations are completely, completely realistic. All right, cool. Because I love it. All righty, James. Watching the Jet safeties. Honestly, it's like it's it should be like a form of torture. They're they're really bad. They're really, really bad. Can you please tell me like there's some hope for us? Like, give me someone, please. A hundred percent. There's a lot of hope in the safety class. So there are two really good players who I'm going to present today. The first is Jalen Catalan, who is from Arkansas. He is 5'10", 198 pounds, and he's a redshirt sophomore. And so he's used primarily as the middle safety in a three high safety defense, which is traditionally the best safety in that scheme. I think Jalen is a really good player, but there is one big flaw with him as a prospect, in my opinion, which is that the scheme limits the amount of times that the ball actually gets thrown his way because a lot of people aren't challenging that three high defense down the field. Now, I think he's really good in terms of his ball skills when he does have the opportunity to make plays. And I also think that he's a really good tackler, especially for his size. I think he's very athletic. I think he'll probably run between a 4-4-5 and a 4-5-2. I think he has pretty good speed on tape. And so in the NFL, I think he's going to be an above average starting safety. And I think he will surprise people. You know, I could see a scenario in which five years from now, we look back and we say, you know, maybe he should have slid into the back end of the first round. But for me, as of right now, I think Jalen is a mid-second round pick to late second round pick. And I like him as a player and I could see him as a fit on the Jets, but I would definitely want him because of his tackling ability in more of an NFC West or AFC North type situation where there's a lot of running the ball. I will say, I just have to add this on before I toss it back to you guys. There were two other players who really popped. There's this guy who I've never heard of before I watched named Greg Brooks. He's a junior. He plays nickel corner and will linebacker for them. I want this guy on the Jets. Like, you can't tell me that you watch Jalen Catalan and this guy doesn't pop. Definitely a day two player. Such great instincts against the run. And then there's this other guy who's an edge, Trey Williams. Probably more of a day three pick, but I feel kind of obligated to bring both of those guys up. James is the king of watching one player and then telling us about two different players. He always <laughs> does. The man, I feel like he just gets bored at this point. But no, um, I watched Catalan as well, James, and that dude just hits. He hits so hard, and I that's what I really liked about his game. I really think with Ashton Davis, I think, like, 
he's kind of a polarizing thing on Jets Twitter. Is he going to be a deep safety? Is he just going to be a guy who tackles? Like, I genuinely have no idea. So anything that with a pulse at safety, I'm signing up for. But tell me about the other guy. Yeah, so this other guy I like even more. So this is Verone McKinley, who is from Oregon. He's 5'11", 196 pounds, and he's a redshirt junior. So this is his fourth year in college. He's pretty versatile. He's used mainly as a cover one free safety, but also as a two high safety. And in past years, they've used him even as a slot corner. So he does have a ton of versatile experience. His biggest calling card is this is a really cerebral football player. His instincts in the passing game are really good. He has great understanding of when routes are going to break off. Um, And unlike Smoke Monday, his instincts are almost correct every single time, which is really impressive. It's clear that he's a film junkie. You you can't have that good recognition skills without consuming a ton of film. I think he's only a modest athlete. I think he'll probably run uh, like four or fives um, pretty solidly. But his mental processing more than makes up for that. Uh, completely, in my opinion, you know, he's tied first in interceptions in college football with five. He has 10 career interceptions. Um, and honestly, I'm always hesitant to throw out names of like good players as, as draft comparisons. But I do see kind of like the cerebral aspect, the poor testing um, and the ball skills as like, I feel like he's kind of Minka Fitzpatrick light. I know that's like a really big name to throw out there because Minka was like, what was he, defensive player of the year like a few years ago or or in that combo. So I get it. But I really think this is a great player. I'd love him for a contending team, not the Jets. Probably going to be a first-round pick on my board. I really like Verone McKinley. Uh, Dylan, do you see uh, multiple-time All-Pro in uh, McKinley's future? I can't believe I'm saying this, but – I kind of am on board with James on this one. I loved him. I don't understand why he's not a lot higher on a lot of other people's boards. He's somebody who's going to be in my top 50 cleanly, possibly make a push for top 32 when it's all said and done. He's a guy I think who's going to be a late first rounder, but could be a guy who maybe falls to us. And I would love, he is somebody who, as James said, is incredibly instinctual, incredibly smart. They call him the general in Oregon and he plays like it. He runs that defense. He does everything. I love him. I mean, if we could get him, he's definitely better than Smoke Monday. And he's probably one of the safeties that I've been most impressed with in the draft process to this point. Well, James, you really know how to pick him. Now, Dylan, I was pushing you, pushing you to pick wide receiver, talk about some receivers, but he went with a different position. So let us hear it. Yeah, so I went with linebacker and I went with the Bama boys. I went with Christian Harris and Henry Toa Toa. So I'm going to start with Christian Harris because he's the more high profile name here. And I'm going to start with just kind of going on his negatives here. I think he's incredibly raw. I think he's someone who's been playing the position for two years. And I think it definitely shows actually going on three years. His tackling ability is worrisome. He moves well and he's in excellent in coverage. He hangs with tight ends. He hangs with running backs. He hangs with receivers. But I think this season I saw some flaws, especially against Florida and Ole Miss. He got exploited a lot over the middle. And I think he's shown that although he's an explosive and a very good athlete, I think that when he loses on that first step, sometimes it's hard to recover. I think he can struggle a lot when he's more exploited in the run game. And I think there's a lot of holes in this guy's game that aren't getting talked about. He's a guy who I... I liked a lot more at Mike where he played his sophomore season and they moved him to weak side linebacker this season to compliment the other guy who I'm going to talk about in a sec here, who I came away a little more impressed with this season. And I think he played a lot better at Mike. I think that he's intelligent and cerebral enough to play Mike very well. I think he's a better blitzer than the other guy I'm going to talk about in a sec. And I think he can kind of thrive more in that Mike role at the next level. But I think because he played weak side, I could see them maybe, 
an NFL team maybe trying to play him there at the next level. And I don't think he's going to thrive there. I think he would be better at Mike. And I think he's shown that he excels there and that this position or this role switch has not been great. But overall, I mean, this is a prospect who's high on a lot of people's boards that all I could do is poke holes in his game. I think is he's just a raw prospect. I really did not like a lot of Christian Harris's game. He's not in my top 32, and I don't think he's going to move into my top 32 because although I could see more potential with him as a Mike linebacker, I think that his excellent coverage is what gets talked about and his potential as an athlete. But I think that his tackling ability and just – there's just holes in this game that I can't move past truthfully. Yeah, no, I think Christian Harris was someone that was this talked about projected top 10 pick. And it's, I don't, I, I hate putting this name out there cause it's mean. And this guy was coming off an injury and he really fell, but Dylan Moses had all this hype. And then once he came back from his knee injury, he really kind of fell off. And Dylan, I couldn't agree with you more about Christian Harris. I really think that I don't see him in the first round. I think he's a day two player. And if he was playing for a different program, I don't think he would be talked of nearly, nearly as much. But I do want to hear about the next guy who I love in Tennessee. Hold a second, Meeks. Oh, Joe, you want to talk about him? Yeah, Christian Harris was my guy, bro. Like, oh, I thought mean, he was my guy, dude. I keep oh, getting trapped. Trying to steal my thunder here? Dude, I like watching linebackers. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, like, you're like, all right, let's move on to the next guy. Well, I'm going to do a little commenting, Christian Harris, because I, there was a lot that I agreed with um, with Dylan, but a lot I also disagreed with. I agree that he's not going to be in my top 32, and he's somebody who I think is going to get more of a second-round grade from me. The things that I disagreed with is I feel like he's really not that good in coverage. I mean, the guy's given up 35 receptions on 45 targets. I mean, that's, I mean, borderline disgusting. Um, I don't really see him as a middle linebacker at the next level. I feel like, especially as it pertains to the Jets, I see him as more of a, a strong side linebacker and say this 4-3 base defense. And in a 4-2-5, I could see him kind of taking on that weak side linebacker spot, which when teams do switch to a 4-2-5, there are two linebackers. The second linebacker is usually the weak side uh, linebacker, the will. But for Sal, and a lot of times, and you saw this with Dre Greenlaw, he would usually take a strong side linebacker and play him at 4-2-5. And I think that he could function really highly in this defense in that particular fit. And the Jets run a ton of four, two, five. I mean, it's pretty much, it pretty much is their base defense if we're going to be real. But when I'm looking at what the Jets need, I don't see him in the same mold as a Fred Warner. That's not who I see. In fact, I see maybe just the, the rich man's version of Quincy Williams. I think he compares to him pretty favorably. This hard hitting linebacker who struggles in coverage, who is really nice getting downhill and is going to just put a wallop on a guy when he gets the opportunity. So I just don't think I'd rather almost like sit back and see what we could find with Quincy, as opposed to spending a second round pick on somebody like Christian Harris, because if we are spending a second round pick on a linebacker, I want it to be somebody who's more of a replacement for CJ Mosley going forward. Dylan. Now let me hear about uh, another top tier first round name. So let me hear it. This is Henry Toto, and I think that this is a guy more in line with the two guys we talked about a while back in Devin Lloyd and Kobe Dean, who I think Joe kind of referenced there, where those are two guys that I could see, specifically more Devin Lloyd fitting like that Fred Warner style, which we talked about a lot when he came up, and I can't see Christian Harris fitting that, and Christian Harris is a guy I want to stay away from overall, and I just want to make that known, but this is a guy I want. I like Henry Toto a lot. I think he was a guy at Tennessee who played very, very well at the mic. And I think the fact that he was able to push Harris to weak side and kind of take over that mic and has done very well with it. I think that's a good sign. He's a hard hitter. 
He's been the primary play caller for that defense this season. And although the defense has had some rough spots, they have had some strong games where Toto has played very well, specifically the Arkansas game, 13 tackles, two sacks. He showed a lot. And I think this season, his biggest stride that I went back and watched some of his Tennessee film and then watched Alabama is he's gotten a lot more confident and instinctual with the way he's played. I think he at Tennessee was a little guilty of being a little too overzealous. And I do think there's still some parts of his game that he needs to work on with that nature and getting a little too overly eager and trying to close at times. But I think the big thing for him that stuck out to me is he's really just gotten a lot more confident with blitzing and he's got a lot more confident in coverage. And I think you see him really taking a lot more initiative with Alabama and really growing in this defense. And I think he's shown that he's a pro style linebacker who can play the mic very well. I think he's an efficient tackler. And I think he's somebody who's athletic and doesn't get enough credit for it because I feel like a lot of the name that gets talked about as the great, excellent coverage athlete has been Christian Harris. Now, obviously Joe refuted that, but I think Totoa has shown that he can probably hang with Christian Harris as an athlete and I think he's someone who's going to test very well at the combine and I think he's one of those guys that when he's sitting across from a coach is going to impress them highly I think he's somebody who's going to rise on my board and honestly I came away more impressed with him than Christian Harris and I think he's someone that I truly like at the next level and I think he fits well with this defense I think he's not going to take a high pick I don't think he's going to take I would go maybe late second early third right now I think I could see him rising maybe into the early second but I think this is a guy who I really like and could be a cornerstone of this defense at some point and not necessarily a poor man's Quincy Williams and not necessarily even someone who could misplace CJ Mosley I think he could add some versatility to this defense and I really like him as a prospect overall yeah no Dylan um you nailed it on the head with his instincts. I feel like every time I'm watching Alabama, when you see like a really big run stop or a big TFL, Henry Toa Toa is either making that tackle or he caused the disruption that led to that tackle. And what really impresses me is just how long he is and how well he moves with that length. I think it's going to appeal to a lot of teams, including the Jets. I really like how he compliments CJ Mosley in this defense. And like just after watching Jared Davis, you're just like, can you give CJ Mosley like a functioning warm body next to him? And this back seven can really stop looking as abysmal as it is because with CJ Mosley and Henry Toa Toa, uh, the way that the Colts abuse those linebackers in the run game is not going to be as easy. So I think you really nailed it on the head with that uh, evaluation. All right. Tried to keep it a little shorter this week, guys. Got a big game on Sunday. For those who don't know, the Jets have never beaten the Philadelphia Eagles in their history. I think they're 0-11, and our guy Joe Bellick is offering you guys a chance to see the first Jets win against Philly in history. So, Joe, take it away. Yeah, listen, we're dropping this on Friday, and there's still a chance to win when you listen to this. Giving away two tickets, section 116 to the upcoming game, and the birds are on the menu. Hopefully, means we get our first ever win with Zach Wilson under center. I am going to be rooting for him, contrary to what you believe. And thanks again to everybody listening. We're going to be back next week talking more prospects. And, uh, you know, take care for now.